Demi. And I'm Melinda. And we're here to talk all things parents' struggles, juggles and baby bubbles and everything in between. Also, a little a little rating or a review would be fabulous. <laughs> so it's just me, Demi, here today as Mel couldn't make it. She had to attend a funeral on the day that we recorded with Cara. Which lets me introduce you to my next guest, Cara Thompson. She is an obstetrician here in Geelong and has her own business called Birth, B-E-R-T-H. She's my obstetrician for this fourth pregnancy. I get along with her super well. It was so easy to just sit down and have a chat. We chatted in depth about her experiences becoming a mum. She has three beautiful daughters. We chatted about my fourth pregnancy and what we're going to do and so on and so on. She's also got a podcast. She hosts her own podcast called Pregnancy Uncut. So for everyone who loves birth stories and pregnancy stories, that's a great one to listen to. And yeah, we spoke about her business here in Geelong and, and the future plans for it. She's so easygoing, super nice. I really enjoyed our casual conversation. Cara, welcome. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Thanks for making the time, you busy lady. Oh, I know. Blocked some appointments out. So good. Prioritize this. Thank you, thank <laughs> you. So, tell me where you're from. So, I'm a Western District girl. So, uh-huh. I grew up down in Warrnambool, a couple of hours down the highway. Uh-huh. Um, and yeah, just always. I think it's a lot of people growing up in Warrnambool. You think of Geelong as the big city, yeah, and so right. yeah, I think. I just always knew, of course, I'm going to move to Geelong. Yeah. That's where you go. Yeah. You know, you barrack for the cats. You yeah. do all those things. For your work career or for the kids? Like, or both? I think both. Yeah, okay. Like, Geelong just, is just the perfect size city, isn't it? Like, yeah. Yeah. So, I had to move to Melbourne. I you know, went to study medicine. Melbourne Uni did all that for yep. 10, 15 years or however long it was. And Did then, you love Melbourne life? I loved it. For what it was at the time. At the time yeah. yeah. In your 20s. So yeah. There's no better place to be. Yeah. Just... Yeah, so fun. amazing. Went to college. Yeah, met all the people. Had all the fun. Yeah, um, yeah, and trained in the big Melbourne hospitals. I trained up at the Royal Women's. Oh, how cool! Yeah, and you just yeah see the most amazing things. So yep. yeah, incredible experience. But yeah, I think there's no way as a country kid yep. that I would have settled. Mm-hmm. I've married a country boy. He's off a farm. So yeah, we were always going to get out of the city. Yeah, and I think Geelong's just perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. And when did you move here? So we snuck in pre-COVID, yeah, okay. which we are very grateful for. So 2019. Yep. Um, but yeah, we knew we were going to move here for a long time. So we yeah, bought a house a few years before that and yep. all those things. Got organised. Yeah. And had to just, all the stars had to align from a training point of view yep. with my job and yeah, it never looked back. So tell me about your job. So I'm an obstetrician. Yes. You're yeah. my obstetrician. <laughs> that is true. Yes. Yes, yes, indeed. So yeah. But I, let me be clear, we were getting Cara on before she was my obstetrician because obviously I wasn't having a fourth baby. Debbie, <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I re-listened to, to one of your episodes and you're so confident in your episode yep. about your previous birth experiences. You're like, yep. So I've had three seasons. Yeah. Definitely not having another pregnancy. <laughs> obviously not having another baby. Like, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and here we are. Here we are. Um, um, yeah, so I'm an obstetrician. I've got the best job in the whole wide world. Yeah. Um, I was up at 2 a.m. last night. I had a beautiful birth. Oh. And um, after we have this chat, I'm going back to the hospital and we're going to meet another beautiful baby. Oh. So it's it's work, but it is not work at the same time. Yep. Like I just love it. Yeah. It's such a privilege. Yeah. And you started your own business called Birth. I did. Was that when you moved to Geelong or had you started it? So 
as you know, we had their big drama last year with yes. the Epworth. Yeah. So we're still so sad about that closing. It was such an amazing facility. Yeah. Um, and just creating options, you know, for women in regional areas. So I initially started up there mm-hmm. um, and then Epworth announced their closure. And so then we moved across to St. John's mm-hmm. um, at the start of this year. And then that was, yeah, perfect opportunity. I started to start my own business and go out sort of on my own, but with a couple of amazing colleagues. So I've got another amazing obstetrician working with me, yeah. um, Alicia Gorski. And yeah, it's a real, we just, we sort of all sat down and thought, well, you know, we're all mums ourselves. And we just thought, well, what, what do we want our pregnancy care to look like? Yeah. Um, and then we just had that opportunity to just create it from scratch. And yeah. so it's really, it's a group of women, really women focused. Um, the main emphasis is just on supporting choice mm-hmm. because you don't always necessarily get that mm-hmm. um, depending on which model of care you go with. And just our philosophy is that in pretty much every aspect of pregnancy, birth, feeding, the way you look after your baby, there is almost always more than one really reasonable, safe, sensible choice that you can make. Yep. And almost always there's no really strong evidence that you have to do it one way or you yeah. have to do it another way. And so different people are going to choose different things. Yep. And I think increasingly our role is just to support people in what yep. that whatever choice they make. And, yeah, we just feel so passionately about that. And, yeah, it's businesses – Business is booming. Yeah, <laughs> people, amazing. People never stop having babies, I guess. Did you have to like, I don't know, um, break into the Geelong people because there was already obstetricians yeah. around town? Were you kind of like, okay, I'm the new kid on the block? Yes. Sort of thing? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. So I think, yeah, obstetrics, it's a very personal mm-hmm. thing. Like it's such mm-hmm. an intimate relationship that you have with your obstetrician. You get to know them potentially over years. Mm. Um, yeah. And so people always want to go back to their obstetrician. And so as a newcomer, new kid on the block, um, yeah, it takes time. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I think, yeah, I think that offering sort of a women only service, yep. which is, you know, I always say like men are amazing obstetricians. It's yep. not that you can't be an amazing totally. obstetrician if you're a man. Of course there are. And of course you can, but there's some women who just would prefer a female obstetrician yep. um, or you just gel better with that type of care. And so I think that's sort of our point of difference is um, we, yeah, you, if you come to us, you, you'll have a, a female obstetrician. So yeah. I do think that there's definitely the personable act um, aspect of women to women. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm a very open book. I, I, I could probably talk to anyone, but I, I know so many other women as well feeling safe with another woman, yeah. especially as a mum, like for you guys to be mums as well. Like you're not speaking to someone that hasn't gone through what we're going through. Yeah. The pregnancies, the birth, the ups and the downs. Like yeah. you can relate. I think so. Yeah. I think it does make a difference. Yeah, yeah for sure. absolutely. And especially with the especially with the more subtle things, like mm. things like um, decreased fetal movements, for example. Like, like you can learn about what that means, and you can say the right things. But unless you've had your own baby in your tummy and you know how tricky it is to monitor and how yep. stressful it can be if you think is the baby moving is the baby not moving just things like that like yep. having having experienced it yep. yeah you really have that empathy yeah um, for what people are going through yeah, yeah. it's amazing and now that you're at St. John of God yes loving it loving it yep. loving it so I can't believe I'll be back there Oh my god, this is going to be so exciting! <laughs> it's going to be so exciting. Um, we're going to have a beautiful birth. I know. I was talking on the last podcast, or when I announced my pregnancy, actually, um, that we're doing the maternal assisted oh. Caesar. 
Are yeah. we live streaming it? Should we live stream? We'll go live. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I did say that I want to have like the camera crew in there. I haven't actually spoken to Mitch about this yet. But I do want it recorded because yeah. like the Mr. Community will need the content. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And Don't I love like it too. Opportunity. Um, I've I've had always had a, whoever's been in there recording. I've always asked for a video when the babies come out. Yeah, amazing. So because we didn't know the gender either, oh. so like that moment is yes. like something that I love reliving and, and watching back. So oh, I'm yep. super excited. Yeah, and tell I, me tell me your thoughts about the maternal assisted part of it. Oh, for me, it's more um, having that first touch. Because first Caesar, I didn't know any different. Like, all I was just told, that's just Scarlett, we'll just go over there, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, I remember being so emotional while Mitch is just over there bawling his yeah. eyes out, doing what he needs to do. And then she came over to me again. Yep. Beautiful, but I didn't know any different. Yeah. Ollie was the same. And then Archie actually was allowed to be put on me. Yeah. Beautiful. So that that made such a massive difference. Yeah. Again, it was like, this is my third child. This is my last child. <laughs> um, this is like so beautiful. But um, I, yeah, I cannot wait to, I don't know, do that. I've just seen the one video on your um, okay. Instagram. Yes. I sent it to Steph and I sent it to Mitch and I'm yeah, like, yeah. this will be me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> me. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It is. It's funny. It's such a simple yeah like it's essentially yeah we're doing it's the same operation everything's essentially the same but just that simple thing of yeah so you you scrub in you have sterile hands you pop the gown and gloves on yeah and then you're part of that sort of operating area and you don't have to see anything gory or anything that you don't want to see and I wouldn't even look anyway I I don't I have no interest (laughs) it's all about just like I just cannot wait to Yes. Yeah. Because as moment. you say, otherwise the baby gets whisk, whisked off yeah. and, you know, passed around. Yeah. And, and yeah, it's you, It's your child. You've been growing this little human for nine yeah. months. And sometimes you're not the first to yeah. see what do they look like. Totally. And, and Even just the first hold. I'm like, you know, you've just gone through nine months of yeah. Yeah. Hot carrying your child. Yeah. You've earned it. Yeah. So I think um, – Anyone that wants to do it or mm. like is interested, I would just say ask and, yeah. and ask the questions. Yeah, for yeah, because sure. I think as well, the first two because my first two were breach. I didn't. It was completely taken away from me. Yes. So like I've never had the option to go the other way. Yeah, for sure. Which is fine. Yep. But yeah, it wasn't like I was desperate to do it, and then mm. things took a turn, and we had an yeah, emergency season. Yeah, for sure. I yeah. just think the option was taken away from me, and to have that moment where you just birth your baby and get yeah. and hold your baby yeah I'm like I feel like that's what I'll be doing yeah. oh amazing yeah. yeah amazing so yeah we've just done it, it's one of those things that has evolved naturally in yep. the birthing space so women have been asking for it and then you know a small group of obstetricians and increasingly more people are taking it on and offering it which is fabulous mm. but it's not something that we have really researched much at all there's yep. hardly anything out there in the um, research space and so I've recently been involved in a project where we um, interviewed we did some qualitative research and interviewed women who'd had maternal assisted cesarean and I'd sat down with each of them and spoke to them for sort of you know an hour or so and got their stories and it was I was blown away like I'd seen firsthand how much a difference it could make but yeah. to hear these women tell their stories that had done it own, yeah that had done yeah, it right and sort of comparing one experience to another and that it was it was fascinating they almost all used the same language completely mm-hmm. independent of each other mm-hmm. sort of that sense of feeling um that it was their birth and that yeah. they were empowered the, the powerful yeah i can powerful. completely understand that it's yeah. the powerful feeling of like i'm bringing my baby into the world yeah 
yeah. with you. Yeah. <laughs> but like I'm essentially. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. And I think the other really important thing to say is it is definitely not for everyone. Yeah, so you exactly. should not feel pressured. Like yeah. when I talk to people about it, I would say, yeah, some people straight away say, absolutely, that's for me. Yeah. And they're super excited. Yeah. But I, and most people say, no, no, thanks. No, thanks. Like, I'll I leave that to, to you. That. And yeah. that is so fine. Yeah. And we, yeah. and we still, you know, try really hard to come straight across as soon as possible for that skin to skin and cuddles. So yeah. It's it's like everything. It's an option, and yeah. it's for some people. It's not for everyone. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I just think that it's a it's a lovely option. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's an amazing option. Um, I also wanted to chat to you about a mother's mental health mm. because I feel like you would see firsthand what it's like. Well, well first of all, you're a mother, so yeah. you understand the thoughts and and all the pressures and all that that goes yeah. along with becoming a mum and being yeah. a mum. Yeah. But you would see firsthand, like you you know the six week checkup. Mm. You would see mums come in yeah. and. You know, are, are they disappointed with the birth because it didn't go to their plan? Yeah. Did they want a completely natural and then they had yeah. this? You know, like that mental toll that yeah. women are putting on themselves. Absolutely. It's wild. It is wild, yeah. isn't it? It's wild. And I think it's, it just has the potential to cause so much harm yeah. and it's no one intends it to. Like mm-hmm. no one who is sort of, you know, in this space um, – who's promoting, you know, different methods of feeding or different methods of birthing, no one is intending to cause any harm. Mm. But definitely you see that unintended side of it where there's this, you know, it's that Instagram perfect ideal of what what a birth should or could look like if you just do the right things. Um, And I think it sort of sells this idea that the perfect birth is within your grasp if you just do A, B, C, D. And therefore, if you don't have the perfect birth, it must have been something that you did wrong, which just could not be further from the truth. It just couldn't. But it's hard to to untangle that when that's the message that people have and they and it's so understandable that it's such a vulnerable time Mm. you know you've sleep deprived you've got this newborn baby that's screaming at you and to then deal on top of that with potential disappointment around the way the birth played out it's a lot it's a lot yeah it's such a shame like I think, like, I definitely felt the disappointment being told I had to have a Caesar because all of a sudden I was like what the fuck I just thought (laughs) everyone just gives birth and like I didn't know but it's just a shame that women feel so much pressure yes to have it have it a certain way because it can really take away that moment it really can yeah it really can and i think increasingly women are sort of taking back that power in yeah. various ways so i think increasingly people are understanding there is no such thing as the one, you know, correct birth or yep. a right birth or a wrong birth. Um, and so a lot of a lot of women come to me asking straight up, hey, can I have an elective caesarean birth? Yep. Hey, can I have, um, you know, I want an induction of labour. Yep. I want an early epidural. Yep. And great. Like yeah. we just talk, you know, you just talk about all the all the pros and cons, all the risks and benefits, yep. and you just work out what's going to be best for that one individual. Yeah. And everyone's babies are different too. Like yeah. it's the sizing and the times and everything. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that is that is the thing now with our online world is that you hear so many stories yep. and, and often you only hear the stories that go well, yeah. you know, online. And so it's so easy um, to think that almost all birth is the same yeah. and almost not easy but that it goes a certain way yeah. um, but the more I do this job and I must have looked after 
thousands and thousands of women, you know, over say 15 years, the more I understand that you you get the labour that you get to a large extent. And, you know, of course there's little things that we can do and change and um, play around with, absolutely. But to a large extent, sometimes things happen that are outside our control. So, you know, like you said, some babies are a certain size or they're coming down in a certain position Mm -hmm. or there's some aspect of mum's anatomy that means no matter what they do, we're headed towards a cesarean birth or a forceps birth or a different type of birth than what someone hoped for. And, yeah, it's – that's – that's reality and yeah. and it's just about sort of navigating that so that the woman feels com- completely empowered completely in control um you know being able to make those those choices as you go along mm-hmm. through managing those sort of um not complications but sort of um, changes in the plan in the yep. labor and then hopefully coming out of it feeling yeah empowered mm. and feeling really proud of yourself regardless of how oh, things play out yeah totally and you've got your baby safely in your hands mm-hmm. yeah yeah um now i do want to talk about formula and breastfeeding purely because of mister of course and melinda who's not here um she'll kill me if i don't bring this up (laughs) (laughs) brand recognition so um we see firsthand the heartbreak of women who can't breastfeed Um, we have mums who have cried to us at baby expos. Mm-hmm. We have them message us and just say, I was utterly heartbroken yeah. and depressed. Yeah. But using your product and what following you girls has has brought some joy to our li- my yeah. life, uh, my feeding journey. Yeah. Do you see that too? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. That's, yeah, I think what you guys are doing is phenomenal and amazing um, because, yeah, the history of breastfeeding is fascinating Mm. um it's really gone sort of full circle and it's almost yeah it's it's almost the fashion of breastfeeding you can follow over the over the generations and over the decades and so you know we used to have everyone being encouraged to just formula feed without thinking and breastfeeding Mm -hmm. was really you know almost looked down upon yeah and then we've absolutely just gone full circle and gone the other way yeah and I think that for some people you can certainly say that it has gone too far yeah um yeah and you know, there there's a difference between you know we want to be we're fully supporting women who want to, and choose to breastfeed. Yep. Like I'm so lucky; I had the most easy breastfeeding journey ever. I yep. loved breastfeeding. Yep. There was no issues. Yep. I loved it. Yeah. But that's just my experience. Yeah. That doesn't mean that someone else has a different experience. Totally. You know, this. I think, like all aspects of biology, sometimes things work well. Mm-hmm. But sometimes they don't. There's yeah. just no bodily function that always works perfectly 100% of the time. Yeah. That's just not how our bodies work. And yeah. so there's always going to be people who, for whatever reason, breastfeeding isn't the easiest or best or safest or even possible way to feed their baby. Yeah. And if we don't allow for that in their feeding space, then of course we're going to set women up for feeling like failures, basically. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And I see that all the time yeah, and it, break, yeah, it breaks my heart. Yeah. yeah. Because I just feel like there was a magic button that like topping up top formula is not the devil. We live in Australia, like with great water and in a great country. Yeah, yeah. And like it's kind of like I don't know if social media makes everything worse because yeah. I always I spoke to my mum about it. Mum was like, "You never knew what Karen down the road was doing with her babies." You Good know, point. Yeah. like on the odd time you'd go to the RSL once a month, you didn't. I don't even. Mum's like, I don't even know if we talked about it. Yes. Like what we were doing. Whereas now 
women are consumed absolutely by it yeah absolutely and there's just this massive platform out there where everyone speaks so openly about it i'm not saying that's a bad thing yeah but do you think that adds the pressure oh absolutely and especially with these complex ai algorithms that we're all part of if we're on the internet at all as soon as you start googling anything to do with pregnancy and baby Mm. you'll be bombarded with um yeah information about that topic so you just can't get away um from people yeah talking about it and focusing on it and yeah it's it's overwhelming for sure and i think yeah like everything people do lean towards sharing the good stories and the yep. things that went well, um, but that's that's not always the picture. And I, yeah, I think I sort of see the full range as does everyone yep. who works. You know, all the amazing midwives and obstetricians I work with. Like, you really do see that full range. Yeah, um, yeah, and it's just it it's just not easy for everyone, and it's just not the best way for everyone. Yeah. There's absolutely no doubt about it. I know, and I would just think that a mother's mental health, yeah, is so much more important yeah. to parent a baby. Oh, absolutely. Than feeding, than how they're feeding their baby. If they're going to end up completely depressed, yep. not wanting to leave the house yep. with the baby, yep. Over how they're feeding their baby, hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. And I think yeah, that's what I always say to my clients that if if you choose to breastfeed and if breastfeed's going well, then there's no doubt it is an um, you know fabulous option. Totally. Like it's it's I, it's not really cheap in the sense of when you think of how many hours oh my God, it no. takes totally. out of your life. Yeah. Um, but in a way, it's cheap. Yeah. Um, it's convenient. Yeah. It's lovely. It's you know, there's potentially some um, benefits in terms of the um, antibodies and things like that. Yeah. But those benefits are very quickly outweighed by the negatives and the harm as soon as it becomes painful, difficult, mm. stressful. As soon as it's affecting your mental health, yeah. because as you say, those things have got real consequences attached to them as well. And yeah. those, t- you know, those little benefits of breastfeeding that are there, they very quickly cease to exist if you're, yeah, crying and yeah. not and not even enjoying the experience of with course, your baby. Yeah. Like you're like sitting here gritting your teeth, thinking, "Oh my god, get off me, get off me, get off me." Yeah, absolutely. When yeah. it could just be so much easier. I know, I yeah. know. And so, and it's always that tricky balance of, like. Part of it is that, you know, women women who do want to breastfeed, they need all the support they can possibly get. And so yeah. we should be investing, you know, heaps of money into, you know, extended hospital stays yeah. or more visits to home or yeah. lactation consultants lactation, coming yes, to your sure. house, free visits, all of those things. Yeah. So – but we can do both of those at once. We can optimise – women's um experience of breastfeeding and support around breastfeeding at the same time as not demonizing bottle feeding yeah you know we can do yep. both yeah because again different women different choices totally. both entirely reasonable do you think you've seen a shift in formula feeding becoming more socially accepted or women just coming and being like i'm introducing a bottle from the get-go and that's yeah. my decision have you seen a shift or not really i think the shift i've seen is that people are increasingly yeah feeling empowered to make that choice yeah and I think I think that that's a really positive thing yeah um and I've never I've never come across people who were trying to demonize breastfeeding or trying to encourage people not to breastfeed totally Um, and we would never do that either like Mel and I both breastfed yeah so we're all just about supporting everyone for everyone it's just that we always felt like that there was not really a forum for formula feeding mums to go to yeah. to feel empowered. Yeah. Um, and that's just something that we aim to try and do yep. and as to, much as we can. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and remove that sense of shame. And, yeah. Yeah, and that sense of 
that you're the only person this has happened to. Yeah. That's commonly yeah. what people say to me, yeah, as you say, when I see them at the six-week check and they they haven't slept yeah. and they've got tears running down their eyes and their nipples are bright red and raw yeah. and their baby's dehydrated. And, yeah, but they just say, but, you know, everyone else can do it. Like, you know, there's something wrong with me. Oh, my me. God, but it can be so hard. So hard. So hard. Yeah. Like, even though I've successfully breastfed the three kids – I had to get a midwife to help me with Scarlet for every single feed in the yeah, hospital. Yeah, wow. Because I could not do it. Yeah. Like I couldn't figure it out. She couldn't figure it out. Yeah. And it wasn't until we got home that we kind of found our groove. Yeah, amazing. But I feel like, yeah, you just – you do expect to have a baby and the baby just goes onto your boob and there yeah. we go. Yeah, exactly. But it's so not like that. Yeah. And this is the first time in all of human history that we expect every single mum to be able to breastfeed every single baby. Yeah. And we send them home, you know, within – a few hours after having their baby into yep. an isolated house with no community and mm. no village. And that's never been the case before. Like there was always, you know, a, a small percentage, but a percentage of, of mums who didn't have enough milk or couldn't breastfeed for whatever reason. Yeah. And that's fine. That's what the other women are around for. Yeah. But now, yeah, we've suddenly decided, to, not suddenly decided, but yeah, um, yeah we sort of put that expectation and pressure on people yep. that it has to be. To anyone listening, be empowered by your choice. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> You've had three Caesars, actually. I should have I touched have. on this to begin with. Yeah. yeah. We're Caesar buddies. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess I'm, I'm pretty similar to you, actually, because I had a breach um, and, you know, working in the field, I wouldn't have chosen a Caesar. Totally. I wouldn't have chosen an elective Caesar. Yep. Um, I completely respect people's choice for those people who want to. I think it's a very yep. reasonable choice. Um, but, yeah, I would have chosen a... I probably would have chosen an induction at 39 weeks, actually, yep. which is a, um, a classic thing that a lot of obstetricians do. Do, yeah. So, okay. yeah, rather than going post-dates, I think yep. that would have been my preference. But in any event, I didn't get that far. So, yep. I got – I had an IVF pregnancy, which um, I found, yeah, just incredibly awful, stressful process, that yep. fertility journey. Um, and H- so, How long? How long was that journey? It, in retrospect, it wasn't actually that long, but I think – and this is a classic – thing that people say is that when you're in it it feels like the longest time in the world yeah Yeah. and and the reason is because now looking back you know you've got your kids and so in retrospect you're like oh yeah but it was always going to be fine yeah but at the time looking forward you don't know if if you're going to be like for every woman or couple or person who enters a fertility clinic not every one of those people is going to walk away at the end of it all with a baby and a lot of people aren't and when you walk in there at the start of your journey, you don't know if you're going to be in that group or not. Yeah. And I just found that thought terrifying. Totally. Like what if I'm that person yeah. who, you know, I do this for 15 years and it doesn't work. Yeah. And yeah, and I think that that, that thought was just, yeah, the, my worst nightmare. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just found the process, yeah, really stressful. I think we had three, third embryo transfer and then I got pregnant with um, my daughter. Yeah. Um, and then – I was just so thrilled to be pregnant. Yeah. The, the pregnancy itself had, had quite a few little hurdles along the way, but I, cu- I couldn't have cared less. Like yep. I was just over the moon to be pregnant and having a baby. Yeah. Um, and so at around 32 weeks, I was doing night shift um, as an obstetric registrar at the time and oh. – um and yeah just started to feel a bit off and my legs just suddenly looked down and they were like so swollen like I 
like I could poke like holes in my legs with all the fluid there and did my blood pressure and sure enough I was like yeah here we go so I got preeclampsia from about 32 weeks but we got um, an extra couple of weeks with monitoring and Rose was born just a little little breach upside down I probably would have thought about like doing an ECV maybe but um, yeah she's a little preemie um, and she was small so we had a cesarean at 34 weeks oh wow yeah so she was How was that? Sorry, like not the cesarean. 34. 34. Yeah, teeny yeah. tiny. Teeny tiny. So she was, yeah, she was 2,000 grams. Yep. Um, so when we when we took her home, she was, I think, 1.8 still or 1.9, which was in retrospect. When I look at the photos, I'm like, wow. Yeah, <laughs> she was little. Um, but again, like I just felt invincible and so on top of the world that I had this baby and that no matter what, she was mine mm-hmm. and I had her and even if, you know, I couldn't get pregnant again, I've got I've got my daughter. And so it's amazing. I think I think it speaks to how you can't take one person's experience on paper and extrapolate whether that's been a traumatic experience or not. Because the same experience for different people can be either completely fine or completely traumatic. And so for me, my yeah, the thing I found really challenging and traumatic was the fertility stuff and the IVF. And then the preterm birth and the preeclampsia and everything, I was like, great. Like I was at home with that. I was an obstetrician and I was comfortable with all of that. And yeah, I was just thrilled to have her. And then your other two girls? So I had, yeah, I've got three little girls. So with my second, I thought about having a vaginal birth after cesarean, so a VBAC. Did you go back to IVF? I did. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So I needed IVF again for my second. So maybe I think another couple of embryo transfers. Yep. And then, yeah, I thought about having a VBAC, but I didn't didn't really, really want one. And I think. Like you're like, yeah, maybe. Maybe. But. mm." Yeah. And so I did that thing, which a lot of people do, which is if I go into labor and all is well, I'll give it a crack. Yeah. But if I don't go into labor. And she needed. She had something that she needed to be born around the thirty-nine week mark. So, so don't really want an induction, which is an option. Like you can have an induction when you've had a previous cesarean birth, but it mm. adds just a little bit of complexity. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought, yeah, if I if I don't go into labour, I'll have a plan Caesar. And I loved my plan Caesar. Yeah, I loved it. I just found it fun. Yep. Um, and exciting. And I guess, and again, I think that's probably part of being at home in that theatre environment and you know I had my good friends mm-hmm. my colleagues doing the cesarean mm-hmm. but yeah I just felt so safe and it was so controlled and yeah it was just a beautiful experience and different to your first too from completely did you say 34 weeks, 32 34 yeah. with my first but I was on this um, medication called magnesium which is a medication that runs through a drip to try and stop seizures so preeclampsia right um, is a condition in pregnancy it's related to the placenta and if it gets severe you can have a seizure which is an eclamptic fit basically so when it's when we're worried about that and people have got severe preeclampsia you might put them on this medication and it feels I've got so much more understanding now of what it feels like Mm. to be on the other side um because I must have given this medication to hundreds of people and been like yep 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 um but yeah it, it feels like you're sort of swimming underwater like everything's really sort of foggy and slow um and so I remember that Caesar but it's all it's pretty yeah it's pretty hazy yeah okay yeah also comforting for any other women that need to go through that and you're the obstetrician because you're like got that experience I know yeah I do tell everyone actually yeah totally I think that's comforting yeah 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 and then third babe 
Third babe. Sp- so went to a New Year's Eve party, got pregnant. Stop. Yeah. <laughs> did you ever think that that would happen? I did think it was possible because it was one of those it was one of those fertility journeys where there was never like a clear cut. Right. And I think a lot, you know, a lot of people go into IVF with, you know, you've got your tubes are completely blocked or, you know, there's zero sperm count. Right. And you think, you know, all right, we're definitely not going to be able to get pregnant spontaneously. But for me, and I think for a lot of people, is that it's often quite uh, uncertain exactly what the cause is. And I think for me, probably some of it, I wasn't ovulating and, you know, I was a super, probably super stressed obstetric registrar working like 100 hour weeks and never sleeping and, Mm. you know, probably a lot of those things combined. But yeah, so I did, I did think it was going to be possible. And yeah, so we got... That but is amazing. It, it was really, it was really lovely. Actually, it was lovely not to have to go through. Yeah, or, you know, that like, and that's a whole different experience for you. Yes. Yeah. Much better experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like doing yeah. the pregnancy test on your own, being like, uh, could I be? Like, I am I? Oh, it was. It was actually. It was yeah. really special. Yeah. And yeah. then Caesar, did you go do it early again? Thirty nine. Yeah, yeah. We got to thirty nine again, and yeah, just had another beautiful Caesar. Oh, so good. I loved it, and and then always thought I thought I was going to do a U Demi. I thought we were going to have a fourth, um, <laughs> and I thought that for the whole first twelve months of all of my little baby's life because yeah. I love the newborn stage. Yeah, love it. Um, then they turn one, but then they they start. <laughs> Then they have opinions and they have tantrums yeah. and, yeah, so we went, then we're like, three is good. Three yeah, is good. Yeah. yeah. I know, like, gone are the days, well, not for me not so much, but for you, whether yeah. you've got no one that doesn't answer you back. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my You know, gosh. I'm like, I can't wait to just have this baby and it not answer back to me or give me attitude. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I know. And just like, it'll just be silent. Well, it'll probably be crying, but silent enough. Yeah. Like, it's fine. Placid. They yeah. just go, they're like a little accessory. Totally. They just go along with you to the yep. cafe. Handbag accessory. Oh, love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So. What have you done recently for the business? Oh, so there's been a lot of exciting stuff. One happening. thing, sorry, I'm just going to cut you yeah, off. Yeah, I'm great. so I'm so good at cutting people off. Yeah, I love that. Um, love that you're on the socials. Yes, because I just feel like an obstetrician, and I say this in inverted commas, um, can just be like you know professional, which you are, but like just straighty one eighty. Yeah. You know what I mean? And just buy the books. Yeah. Do the job. You know, and I think as well. You being on the socials and being – it's such just that extra bit of personal – introducing the team, yeah, you know, okay. being able to see – so for me, I haven't met everyone yet, but for a first-time mum, I feel like it's so important. Yeah. You know, like I'm probably a lot more chillaxed now that it's fourth, yeah. but as a first-time mum going in and meeting the whole team and then seeing their faces and – you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I'm like the fact that you're on socials and and putting the effort and time into that, I think it's amazing. Oh, that's really good feedback. Yeah. yeah. It's – I think it's really important part of our job mm. is it's so easy to to just do your job, go to work, you know, stay in that silo. But I think especially in women's health and especially in pregnancy and fertility and birth, there's so much more that we can do. Like mm. we can use use our voice to advocate for things that are just so important to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and traditionally that's not been the role of a doctor, like yeah. you do to stay in your lane. Yeah. Um, but I think if if we're not doing that, then other people are mm-hmm. and it's not always necessarily the most informed voices then that fill that space yeah. in the sense that occasionally you get some misinformation in there. Yep. Um, 
And so I think, yeah, I think it's a an important part of the role yeah. to just yeah put so put a bit of education out there yeah. a bit of show um, what you're about yeah the messages that you're trying to send I remember f- when I fell pregnant with Scarlett first time the GP was like so who do you want to go with and I'm like I don't know how am I supposed to know <laughs> yeah like yeah. I've never researched obstetricians before yeah. so like looking back I'm like it would have been great to look up yeah I think so some obstetricians and be like you know I actually feel like I can really I can see myself there. Yeah. You know, and just gives those it gives a mother again more power. Exactly. And not just having your GP be like, like oh, I think you, you should go. go to this person. Yeah, because that's like who I is that who you're saying to. every everyone to, you know, like am I because you feel like you're the most important person in the world right now. And and so you they are. should. And you yeah. know, and so so they should. I always remember thinking, because we didn't know the gender, I'm like, don't tell me. Yeah. Don't slip up. And yeah. afterwards Michael would say to me, Demi, I see so many women a day. <laughs> I'm constantly saying girl, boy, girl, but he's, he's like, no offense, but I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know, but I don't care. And I'm like, in a, in In a really nice way, but I'm like, it's so fair. Like he couldn't give two shits what gender our baby was in a very nice way, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I used to think, oh, you said she here and he here. Yeah, yeah. And then I'm like, no. Looking into it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Just because I thought I'm the most important person in the world right now. And you should, and you should feel that way. Like you should be made to feel that way. Like I think, yeah, the one, the one thing we know for sure in pregnancy care that is important is continuity. Like it is so important to have someone who knows what you are about and know what your preferences are. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's just, it just makes you feel so much more comfortable and Mm -hmm. the outcomes prove that. Like we've got the evidence to show that continuity makes such a difference. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I agree. I think pregnancy is such a personal thing and yeah, it's not one size fits all. And so having the choice between different caregivers, like people practice slightly differently, have different um, philosophies. And yeah, you just got to get that info and go to who's going to be right for you. Yeah, yeah. So we've got we've got big plans. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> so yeah. So and again, coming back to our, our experience being pregnant and thinking like the obstetrician part of it is great and you yep. need that continuity and that's always going to be a core part of your care. But there's so much else that goes on around pregnancy and birth that often gets forgotten about or that you have to really seek out. Like it's quite. Um, it's quite hard to find, you know, who's the expert in this, who's the expert in that in pregnancy. Because I was, I was listening to Daisy talk mm, about this mm. um, on her episode with yes, you. Yes, you two are going to go into business together one day. Oh my God, <laughs> um, but yeah, she was just explaining like as a professional athlete and a pregnant person, like those are two two bits of information that haven't really gone together. Never collided. Those worlds have not collided. Those, and no. so there's this massive gap out there yep. of knowledge and information um, and resources that people just can't get and so and there's and there's so many other examples of that in pregnancy Mm -hmm. because not to bang on too much about the patriarchy but it has been yeah it's been a man's world in medicine and so people haven't put the the resources and the time and the research into pregnancy um pregnancy related care and so yeah we are wanting to make a bit of a bit of a one-stop shop I guess in a way in terms of um collecting together the best and most up-to-date um, people in pregnancy care. Mm-hmm. Um, so thinking, you know, perinatal psychologists, um, pelvic floor physios, um, you know, massage therapy, Amazing. Um, exercise, yep. so much stuff. Yep. Um, yeah, that just that it's just part of that, you know, 
more um, holistic support of pregnant mm. people. So, yeah, and we want to do the other main focus and something I'm really passionate about is just edu- education around birth. Yeah. Because like you're saying, you get pregnant with Scarlett and yep. you're just like, oh, cool, I'm just having a vaginal just birth. Having a birth. That's yeah. what's happening. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, there's so much information out there mm. that you – can learn about and it's really hard to it's really hard to find that information yeah because there's too much yes there's too much there's too much and I'm like what's right what's wrong what suits me what doesn't yeah exactly and so yeah I've teamed up with some um, amazing midwives who do a lot of birth education and we're going to do some um, sort of multidisciplinary birth stuff so like you know having the obstetrician come and talk um, yeah and the you know the physio and all sorts of people so here in Geelong yeah so we're going to get this amazing um, warehouse space in the city I say the city (laughs) can we say the city you can say the city (laughs) (laughs) Um, in the big smoke yeah in in central Geelong um, near St John's and yeah it's going to be a real hub for pregnancy care amazing yeah and also that care afterwards exactly yeah that yep. you're you're you've got those trusted connections yep. with and yeah 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 do you know what actually I'm going to give you a scoop can okay. I give you a scoop give me a scoop okay so we have got this idea that I think is going to be super beneficial for women so mm-hmm. you will hear this all the time in the work that you do with Mr that yep. people feeling yeah really alone and isolated and we don't get our given our um, mother's groups or parents groups until it's sometimes about eight weeks postpartum and sometimes the hardest times are those like weeks leading up to birth the weeks after birth where you just yeah you don't have that support network network yet so we're wanting to offer people um we call a birth group so so each month if you're you know you'd be in the april birth group or the may birth group or the june birth group yeah and then you have that option of having already a sort of an a group of people that you can message and talk to and meet up. Mm-hmm. So it's like a mother's group, but it's brought forward by a few months when you need that support. Yeah. So, so for example, if it's 2am in the morning and your baby's, you know, one week old, you've just come home from hospital and you're struggling to feed or something, you've already got that. Yeah, that, that instant group. That group that all and going through the same They're all going to have the babies a similar age. Exactly. Like, and when I say similar, like so similar. Yes. Because like a six-month-old compared to a one-month-old, like you're in different, different phases. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, that's so, amazing. Yeah, and even in the pregnancy too, like you know, if you are told, I don't know, you get preeclampsia or you have to have a Caesar or whatever, whatever. Yeah, to have the support to just be like, hey, has any is anyone exactly have to go through this? Yeah, like, exactly. And then you might have one person that you can actually yep. vent to and, and bounce things yeah. off. Yeah, yeah, and because that's what you just hear again and again is that yeah, that loss of village, mm-hmm. that feeling of being isolated and yep. alone. Even though, yes, you can pick up the phone and call someone. I know, but, but it's not the same. It's not the same. No. Yeah, if you know that you've got this group of mums who are going through the same thing yeah. and they're going to be awake at 2am as well, yeah. trying to calm their baby. Yeah, it's just that sense of support and community. So yeah, that's amazing. That's what we want to do. Yeah. So how are you going to do that? Well, we want to have it, yeah, offer these groups. It'll probably be through birth, so yeah. um, our business initially. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, offer coming to this um pregnancy space that we're setting up yep. and having yeah little meet and greets and um, little education sessions with the group and then um after like you say after the baby's born the opportunity yep. to just get get together have yep. a cup of tea are you gonna do this in all your spare time that's i think yeah sure sure okay cool. <laughs> but i just think i just am really passionate about it like yeah. i think it can make all the difference especially for first-time moms yeah. or people who are 100 percent. you know yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Especially as well mums, first time mums, and they don't have their friends that have had kids yet either. Oh my gosh. Because you don't know what you don't know. Absolutely. You know, you can have your BFFs, but they have never been through what you've gone through. Absolutely. And I've got a, I've got a few clients that I call them my young mums. Yeah. But they're actually like they're in their twenties. Yeah. <laughs> but they're so, many, so young. <laughs> tiny babies. Yeah. So many people now are having babies in their thirties and late thirties and forties. I know. I think I asked um, you if I was too old to have a fourth baby. <laughs> anyone who's younger than me is officially not <laughs> yeah. old. So that definition changes year on year. So currently it's forty. You're yeah. Fine. Okay. You're fine. Um, yeah. But yeah, if they in their you know perhaps early twenties or mid twenties. Yeah. yeah. They're the first of their friends. Yeah. And yeah, they just need that support 100 percent. yeah yeah even i think young 30s or you know you've moved to geelong yes. and you don't really know anyone yeah. i think that's just yeah so amazing yeah. yeah and then as well if you get to your mother's group that's run by the can- council is it the council? yeah and no one's gelling up like you kind of already have a backup too yep. because that also happens too like you get to your mother's group and you've just been putting this group and you're like hi hi, hi <laughs> yeah. yep i'm the one that's still bleeding yeah. and like can't oh, breastfeed and you know totally. and my baby doesn't sleep and then you've got karen over there that can do everything karen yep. you know yep i do know um, yeah and just the more the more opportunities the better you know yep. like so, yeah it'll some people will gel with different people in at different times and I just, I just think there's so much more that we can do in this space for new mums. Yeah. Like we're always sort of, you know, wringing our hands about these huge rates of birth trauma and these huge rates of perinatal anxiety and depression and, you know, why is this happening? What can we do about it? Well, you know, some things are quite simple that yeah. we can change. Like yeah. we're, really, we're really expecting new mums and new dads, new parents to do a lot mm-hmm. Um without as much support as they deserve yep. and yeah it's just about shifting that paradigm to say well hey you know we can we can do better we can offer more support we can um, set you up yeah to have the best chance and um, to get through this time yeah oh, I think it's amazing yeah. and I think you I think it'll be well received and well appreciated yeah. especially again in those first before you see them for their six-week checkup if they've actually been able to speak to others yeah and kind of feel heard heard yep hopefully as yeah. time goes on yeah they feel more empowered with whatever decisions they've made yeah and they're, they're a bit more content yeah because i think that's so important yeah that's Aww. the aim well done yeah. thank you <laughs> <laughs> and you've got a podcast oh i do yes i do i don't know how you do it all you oh. at 2 a.m at the the hospital last oh, night delivering yeah you've got three kids i've got a good husband yeah okay. <laughs> <laughs> got a good one um oh and also yeah I, i'm not You've got know a village what to do with myself. If yeah, I, um, had a week off with nothing to do. Love being busy, <laughs> um, but yeah, I've got a village. Exactly, yeah. I do. Um, but again, it's all, and it has to be. It's that classic thing. You don't work a day in your life if you love what you're doing. Like, yeah. Um, the podcast is a labor of love, and yeah. that was started with one of my um, medical colleagues, who is an amazing doctor, Dr. Alex Umbers, who um, lost a number of um, her pregnancies, um, and we were yeah just talking about it together working on night shift and just talking about how this is a few years ago now about how there wasn't um yeah that outlet and those stories out there Mm. um like we said you often hear just the shiny happy perfect stories on social media yeah um and just wanting to to break down the stigmas that still really exist for um some pregnancy outcomes yeah um and pregnancy complications just normalizing those conversations um you know it's such recent history that people just felt like they couldn't talk about a miscarriage. Like it's just, you don't mention, you know, it's not polite conversation to talk yes. about things like that. Again, that's wild. Wild. But, yeah. you know, it, that that's still out there to an yeah. extent, but you don't have to go 
very far back in our, you know, parents' generation and there's no way. No. you are, Like everyone who had a miscarriage, it, they, it's the first time it's ever happened to anyone because they've never heard about it. No yep. one talks about it. It's not acknowledged. So we're getting there. We're going in the right direction with those sort of conversations but there's still a long way to go. Yeah. And so that's where um, the inspiration for the podcast came from and, yeah, we just interview um, a different guest each time about just their experience mm-hmm. and it's – yeah, I just have learned so – like it's maybe a better obstetrician, hands wow. down. I've learned so much from listening to people's experience. Yep. And just understanding when, you know, we, we see a superficial level to a, a degree, like you're there for the pregnancy and the birth and you know what happened, um, but often it's when people go home um, and they've had time to – the adrenaline wears off and you've had time for everything to sink in and sometimes it's not until six or 12 months or even later down the track that you sort of lose your shit mm. and everything comes crashing down and um, just to sort of appreciate how different birth outcomes can affect a family, uh, the woman and the ripple effects of, of her the family, family and everyone yeah, for sure. for, forever. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. And so what's it called, your podcast? Oh, <laughs> you haven't not even said the name. Plugging things <laughs> um, so the podcast is Pregnancy Uncut. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, get on it. Get on it. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for making the time. My pleasure. For coming on my podcast or our podcast. Melinda's <laughs> not here. And I'll see you in a week or two or three. Yeah, I'll see you for a checkup. <laughs> thank you. See you.